and welcome to Critical Consideration, your seasonal source for all things awards. I am Vaughn, and with me is my good friend and fellow critic, Calvin. Calvin, how are you doing this week? I've gotten through a week of watching Shoa <laughs> and Satan Tango all together, um, which, you know, so, nine hours oh. and seven hours yeah. of... Uh, I mean, it's like if someone watched, a, you know, a whole season of TV in a week. I'm sure people have done that. Uh, themselves. Yeah, that's very so, true. Uh, for me, it's just like, where do I want to put my time in these long movies? As the sight and sound is uh, celebrating Gene Dealman, I think it's kind of a list that's about how we use our time and uh, thinking about that uh, more complexly through a yeah. longer movies. I think could be a valuable asset, especially uh, getting to the age I am, like mid thirties, and and just thinking about what my time in life has been and. Uh, um, needing cinema to kind of like mirror uh, my experience of that so um i'm having a thing where i'm watching these nine seven hour movies and then i'm going back to these modern movies i'm like oh, all the cuts are so short i i don't know yeah. <laughs> i'm having trouble dealing with like the bends of coming down from like a oh, yeah. real-time uh, footage of, of people existing <laughs> uh, right. whereas like in satan tingo the average shot's like two and a half minutes and um, it, it's not in Hollywood movies, right? It's right. like one no, second. Not even close. Yeah, <laughs> you get like a, a placement shot, and then you know action, and then it's just like action over here, and then cut, and uh, it's chaos. And uh, um, maybe I'm getting tired and old, but I'm settling into a liking a slower form of cinema right now. Oh, nothing wrong with that. It's nice to have something that kind of lets you uh, relax and breathe a little bit more, rather than having to be really focused on the chaos and the action happening so i feel like i'm not relaxed at all though because i'm like staring into the abyss for an entire week also these are not <laughs> yeah, light-hearted movies like a, yeah like going through the holocaust and then like what's like all this displacement in satan tingo and um but also uh you know there uh, there's a lot of humanity in looking at darkness um so oh yeah for yeah sure. so i think i think you know and you can gain a lot from from that kind of thing uh, through like your nine inch nails discography i'm sure you found a lot of enlightenment <laughs> yeah, in dark true. Uh, dark yeah. corners of arts certainly yeah it's certainly valid and worthwhile um but other than watching some older stuff since i know it's it's certainly been a week for that since the sight and sound stuff has come out i think it's been a lot of push for a lot of people to kind of catch up on on stuff like that that they might be missing um but what have you been watching uh, that's been coming out this year for if we're to switch back to those chaotic Hollywood films? <laughs> yeah, speaking of dark corners of the arts, um, I went and saw Strange Worlds <laughs> with my daughter, which I hardly remember. And uh, I think only your takeaway really stuck with me. It's about being a farmer or an explorer. I don't think I got anything yeah, new pretty much. out of it. <laughs> I don't think watching it like supplanted that with new information that I could bring to the show. Um, yeah. yeah, it's about all it is. It's just not much going on there. Nice that there's like openly queer characters in mainstream. It's not mainstream anymore though, is it? Because nobody saw it. Um, in this uh, in this <laughs> little a scene, uh, a movie from the biggest distributor in the world. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which maybe is as something to be said for that on its own. That like 
we finally have this movie with like this very openly queer character and it's very cool and the film is like celebratory of that and then disney does no marketing or push for this movie at all and nobody's seen it and it's totally bombing yeah they did fuck all except make it um and then you know bob chapek saying you know adults don't watch animation then then this coming out uh, next to Pinocchio from Del Toro, it's kind of like right. it's kinda like which studio actually has their their head and where animation's going. It seems like maybe those studios in Portland do, and not Disney. Yeah, no, I absolutely it definitely does seem that way, doesn't it? That just maybe maybe we're kind of moving on from that, yeah. <laughs> which is good. I'm all for no, it. No, I think uh, this year has shown like a, a refreshment of new animated. Uh, um, options and and stop motion becoming a prominent form of, of use again is really great <laughs> so yeah which is great i saw today that um guillermo del toro said that he's now considering trying to get his um at the mountains of madness oh script made into a stop motion <laughs> film which is just like i'm like i'm all for it i'm like that would be that sounds fantastic Let's i think do he it. said it like in the, so the mad god commentary track which he went in and did with phil Tippett. so oh yeah that's incredible that's right. too that he's like such a fanboy of this uh uh, what I right. think is probably the the predominant like a uh, stop motion work of the year, but I'm glad Del Toro see it. Like the right people saw Mad God, so I'm happy. Yeah, certainly. Um, what have you been seeing? What's uh, standing out to you? Uh, so a, a couple of things this week. Not my busiest week. Um, I've been trying to get through catching up on some of our Seattle films from this year. Um, so I watched some of those some of those Seattle docs. I've watched Sam now and Sweetheart Deal, which I both liked quite a bit. Um, I think Sweetheart Deal ended up kind of being the one that I found to be a lot more. Um, it's got so much kind of like urgency and importance in there, and I think it's a really kind of important work. But Sam now also very good, like cool eight millimeter footage of Seattle and kind of has that home movie thing. But I think it ends up being. I don't know, I think it kind of loses direction like halfway through at a certain point, doesn't really know where to take it. Doesn't it seem like... It's kind of the case for some... Doesn't it seem like a thing that was useful for them to make is like a therapy project of them processing uh, their family yeah. and all these home videos they had? Uh, I think some things could be useful to make and then not be useful for an audience, and that's uh, perfectly fine. No, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot there that I really thought was just kind of inter- fascinating and, and certainly touching in some spots but yeah it doesn't ever really find a um a reason to have it all put together it seems like the the process of it was really what they got out of it mm-hmm. um and they just happened to be filming it and they it seems like it's like okay now what do we do with this footage turn it into something obviously yeah. but it, when there's no wider like understanding that comes from putting it together then you know it, it is it does leave you kind of a little bit with like so what are we getting out yeah. of this but and and um, you're almost i, I do like it's too close to it it feels almost invasive to watch someone's yeah. home videos for that long um in certain situations uh but yeah i think sweetheart deal might say the most about the city and what might need to be done or um yeah absolutely it's a call to action and it's a um it has a, a showcase of local area that's very specific to uh, its subject uh it's kind of like um what was that one? I just watched Street Smart, I think, that uh, that old document of Seattle and, and oh, yeah. uh, um, unhoused populations in Seattle, and they're all young kids. Um, uh, yeah, it's kind of like a, almost like a like 20, 30 year later sequel to like what was happening there. Uh, oh, okay. Moved on to yeah. Aurora. Um, not quite as cinematic or, or experiential as that, right. but uh, it does tell a story through documentary. 
Yeah, it does a really good job of it. Um, so yeah, that's definitely came out as like a, a very notable one there. Um, outside of Docs, um, I did go and see The Whale this week, which is uh, an interesting one. I'm sure we'll end up talking about that more once it's maybe a little more widely available. Okay. Um, and I'm still kind of trying to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, Aronofsky's such an such an interesting director in that way that like I'm never quite sure what to think of it. Yeah. Um, so I think I'll probably end up finding it while I'm writing about it and kind of processing my thoughts a little bit more clearly. But there's a lot to like about it, and I think there's also um, plenty that I'm not sure if I really like the execution of it. But, Will your review be um, up after this, or or do we know when you're putting it up? Uh, was there a date? You don't have to give me a date here. Uh, I think it's <laughs> no. I think I think it was uh, a weird one where they wanted the um, the review to co- coincide with the wide okay. release, which is later this okay, month. Cool. Um, so it'll be a bit. It'll be a couple weeks from now. I oh, think. perfect. Um, yeah, I don't know. Sowski could be like a hard ticket to scratch and kind of get around. Um, it's yeah. good to take your time sometimes uh, with a, a movie. Um, I saw Glass Onion. Did we talk about that last week? Um, yeah, I think we talked about it a little bit, but definitely interested. I know you you didn't seem to be quite as hot on it as most people are. I mean, I, I like it quite a bit. Uh, 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 <laughs> sometimes, like, a 6 out of 10 could just be like, I really liked this movie, and I didn't find that it would be um, a contemporary classic that we look back on uh, in 10 years. Like the, yeah, that's fair. Like the way the first one... It's just so current events. Um, uh, it's so much more embedded yeah. in, like, the moment, uh, which can be a good thing. Uh, in the moment, but uh, uh, in five years, I don't know if it's the best thing for the movies uh, uh, long term, like tenure. Once there's two more knives out and um, we're looking at the whole right. series, you know, it could be like the third best eventually. Um, so I, I feel good at like a high six out of ten, and um, I think it's uh, one we'll talk about this episode for sure, um, just by nature of like the cast construction there. But uh, yeah, no, certainly. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's a it's just not the same kind of mystery for me. Like I, uh, what I thought was happening was happening the entire time. I didn't have like a question about it or, um, yeah. I didn't feel misled or like there weren't like red herrings <laughs> I was following. It was, it was right. just very much like this guy is the bad guy. Yeah, he is. Okay. I thought he was, uh, you know, I'm spoiling things, but, um, <laughs> no, I, I do. Yeah, I do understand that. Um, I think it's, I think it's really well executed, but I do have, um, if I like, you know, dig a little deeper into it, um, it's like, it's a fun movie that I, I have enough enjoyment from it. And I think it's well done enough. Like I, I just, I, I get so much out of Ryan Johnson's like confidence as a director, yeah, he's um, very good. but yeah, realistically it's like, I do much more appreciate the sort of wider, scope approach of knives out um and there's yeah that like the hyper specificity of glass onion like i appreciate it for what it is right now but yeah you're right it won't have that same staying power um and i hope that ryan johnson kind of goes in a a slightly different direction with some of those like thematic ideas with whatever he does next since it's an ensemble episode i'll say that like what's so important about an ensemble to me is how it's stitched together and how the character relationships are so well integrated that you don't have questions about them. Like, uh, I feel yeah. like half the movie is like solving the questions I might have about how these people are connected. And it's so much easier to say, this is a family that's very dysfunctional and let's see how they fight. Right. Like, it's like, okay, I know why these people stuck together. Um, and, and a lot of knives out too is 
why did these people stick together? Like, uh, they, they didn't, they don't have strong, uh, you know, uh, blood bonds and, and they kind of have to invent some of that in the, in the story. So, um, I, I feel like it's kind of discovering itself as it goes where Knives Out 1, I think is yeah, so can, built around that. like a central right. mystery and idea. Um, it's really good though. I mean, Ryan Johnson doesn't yeah. really have any missteps as a director. I can't be like, this is a flawed work. It's so much fun to watch. Right. Yeah, it, it is really quite a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, I really do like Glass Onion a lot. Um, I will say I also watched um, No Bears, which was such a fun... I, I just There's so much you can always get out of um, Jafar Panahi's work, and um, as well as it being interesting that he and his son both have a film this year... Um, it's just like I, I I'm just constantly like so fascinated by the the number of films that this <laughs> that he has been able to produce under <laughs> under a ban on filmmaking. Like he is not allowed to make yes. films, and he has made films year after year, <laughs> and each one just seems to be more fascinating than the last. And like this, just there's so many ideas, and I think that like ultimately I I end up not liking it quite as mm. much as um, like hit the road, um, but I think just as sort of an exercise and just as like this thing that captures his experiences through the, what he ends up being able to create is is I think it's just such an interesting thing to watch, um, even just to get that out of it. Hit the road's just such a great movie, but yeah, the two pan panahees. Uh... Making films the same year is, is really yeah. delightful to me. Uh, I'll watch No Bears probably by the end of the year, but um, there's just so much to see. And I have uh, oh, I know, yeah. there's so many seven and nine hour movies I haven't seen yet. So, <laughs> so much time that you got to spend watching those for Time sure. to load up Napoleon tonight. <laughs> <laughs> there yeah. you go, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, do you have anything else for this week that you've been watching? I watched Devotion, which is a very simple... Uh, Another uh, plain <laughs> propaganda uh, biopic uh, type thing that's uh, kind of formed around the plot lines of, of Maverick, but based on like an actual historical uh, duo, the first uh, uh, African-American man that was able to like pass through the uh, flight test and uh, become an aviator. Okay, yeah. And uh, it's about his bond with his buddy who kind of like kept each other sane and had really about like their relationship. But uh, yeah, Glenn Powell's in this and Top Gun. And he's bringing the most <laughs> dad energy, despite being a oh yeah, uh, Glenn Powell's great. Despite being childless as a as a man, I think he has <laughs> the the largest capacity of dad energy of the year. Oh, I think so. I totally <laughs> agree with that. <laughs> Jonathan Majors too, just uh, some moving stuff like like sometimes more than you would expect. Like uh, one of the things right. that really happened, it's based on a book uh, that's based on a true story that's supposed to be very factual and not have like many in inaccuracies and. I guess the movie goes the same way from what I've read. Uh, okay. But one of the scenes is like Jonathan Major's character. He's like uh, looking in the mirror and he's like, uh, man, I get kind of choked up to say it. He's like yelling like these, or he's saying like these racial slurs at himself like he's never going to make it. And uh, it's just such an yeah. affecting moment. And it's it's weird to like have this in this biopic that people just write off it as like propaganda because I could like point to that and be like, yeah, that's the most I've been like moved by something this week that wasn't. Uh, eight hours long and it was it was very good um so they're very yeah, good it's, moments it's definitely easy to discount stuff like that and and blanket statement certain kinds of movies but 
even if you know it's nothing particularly amazing or special overall like these movies can still totally contain those moving moments like that 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 are meaningful and worthwhile just in themselves so it's hard it's nice when you can find that it is kind of like a state like bio picture that you would usually expect in a more common year um, I feel like this is a pretty uncommon right. year where, like, the bio pictures aren't so. really leading a pack, so there's no obvious winners this year. Um, uh, the the stuff on the outside, the periphery, are more interesting this year than yeah. than even the um, Spielberg biopic <laughs> that everyone predicted would lead. Um, yeah, yeah, that's very. That's true. a lot of fun that that's happening. So I think I'm I think I'm good on that. I also saw the broker, but I think uh, we've covered it. You've covered it. I think it's. Uh, uh, you know, Karita, I, I like what he does. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we both do, certainly. Yeah, it's, it's a great movie. I really like I feel that. like that's sufficient that recommendation, one. too. <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. you like Karita, you know what he does. And um, I don't know, I thought like the, the abandoned child thing would be a little bit more touchy, but I didn't really have any issues. Um, so, so that's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a good movie. I, I do like The Broker. Yeah, it is, a, it is a very good one. Um, so do you want to get into our categories for this yeah, week? Yeah, let's go. Um, so we've got Best Ensemble, Best Youth Performance, and Villain of the Year. So obviously um, you might be wondering why you've never heard of these categories, <laughs> <laughs> because none of these are the typical Oscar categories. Um, some people do um, Best Ensemble. That is one that appears in other places. Um but yeah, these are um, Seattle Film Critics Society categories um, that are a little more specified to us. Um, so starting with Best Ensemble, last year uh, we gave it to Mass, which is a movie that I did not see. Do you, uh, do you have any take on Mass? Yeah, um, Mass is... Uh, um, what do you consider an ensemble? Do you require it to be more than a few people? Um, how many do you think you require? <laughs> or is it more about like it operating as a group? I think for me it's more about it operating as a group. Um, I don't necessarily know that I would have like a specific number or specific parameters, but mm-hmm. to me an ensemble movie has a very specific feel to it in that you don't really have like... It's not necessarily the story of like one specific central character and it is more the the narrative that is centered around a group of, of characters and that people coming together yeah so i think mass could be a good uh definitive one just two parents like sitting around a table um and it was directed by that uh what's that that guy's name like the stoner kid from uh the cabin in the woods uh was the director of mass which i thought was really yeah i know i know who you're talking about yeah (laughs) that is interesting um uh one of my favorite horror characters the last 20 years is that that stoner kid uh yeah uh, i just love cabin in the woods more than i think uh many people might um i'm struggling to find his name but uh um you could look that up and uh fran kranz yeah yeah fran kranz was the guy um and I thought uh, he did pretty good. I mean, it's very uh, simplistic in, like, the direction. Could probably be, like, a play type thing. Um, oh. But I think, like, as a group, they process so much together. And that makes it interesting in the ensemble. Yeah. Um, do you have any standouts in this category for this year? Oh, yeah. Um, I think my... F- what, are your, what are your front runners? <laughs> my front runners are the Donkeys of EO. Um, I think uh, just collectively... They, <laughs> Very good, yes. <laughs> they create, I think, the strongest ensemble work of the year. And uh, 
them switching in and out. Um, uh, you know, I'm sure they're hanging out off camera. Uh, we might not say that they're uh, operating all together. We don't get any six donkey shots, but um, them taking turns, I think, uh, is very uh, cooperative work. I think they're uh, well-trained donkeys. They seem to have a good attitude on set, and I think they give it their all. I think you're absolutely right. I can't argue with that pick. I agree with the donkeys of EO. Um, yeah, they work very well together to make that performance work. I, yeah. It's a different kind of collective, but it works just as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, sometimes you gotta uh, show your whole ass, as they say, which is just a donkey, <laughs> uh, another yeah, uh, name for a mule. Um, really, really love that movie. So, um, those are probably the the strongest uh, group performances. I think it's a weird year because, like, all the ensemble things I thought would be uh, interesting, really, I thought were kind of terrible or. Or even uh, my next example, which is Glass Onion. As I say, like I, I think it just works so much smoother the last time. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'll, honestly, Glass Onion is all that I even like have on my list right here. Because, I mean, I could get other yeah. ones and I could I could dig through. And there are other ensemble performance movies this year. But, like, Glass Onion's the one, only one that really like stands out to me. I think the other stuff that I have seen that is kind of fits in that category has been mostly kind of forgettable and, and doesn't quite succeed in the same mm -hmm. way. Um, so for me, it's just like, this is the, this is the glass onion category, but I also get that. Like it's not, it not being quite um, as successful in that, even in that same category yeah. as knives out was. But I think like it's successes are due to, I think the casting and Brian, uh, yeah. Ryan Johnson's ability to work with actors and actors really loving working with him. I think just shows off so much in his movies. Um, Oh yeah, I think so. Everyone always seems to be having such a great time there. And that's really what the movie's all about, is bringing these people to like a really sunny location and just doing yeah. um, kind of the thing that I'm experiencing right now in White Lotus is kind of the same as uh, what I'm getting out of uh, Glass Onion. Uh, okay. Two sides of the same onion there. Um, I, I really <laughs> just like it. Yeah, I mean, like that's what you need. You need like a plot that really just wraps everyone together. And I think you need like a, a few star turns, like Janelle Monet really like showing up. Oh yeah. Um, I think she's probably the most significant part of that movie. Um, I think so too. Yeah, she's fantastic. She becomes the lead character in the way that I keep thinking like Daniel Craig would be, which is kind of what happened in the last movie too. Um, yeah, it's very true. That uh, I think it's you know uh, allowing like a, a woman lead to kind of emerge from a large group is is not how those things like historically go in an ensemble right. in Hollywood. Um, so those are good to see, and uh, I like kind of his perspectives socially and, and just as a filmmaker. Yeah. Um, I guess quickly, uh, so if that's your only one here, like that's your standout, that's that's a one to vote for, of course. Uh, for me, yeah, right now at least. Um, I don't know what else uh, might be coming in the rest of the year that I, I'm, I might be missing out on. Sure. Um, but that's the one for me right now. Uh I have Top Gun, just like the camaraderie, and like uh, I think like they're it's it's hard oh, to really yeah. it's not like they're in a room together, but they're like up in the air and they're, um, I think it requires the most trust of any performances this year, just them flying the planes and learning how to do that shit, yeah. and then uh, uh, just the performance of that I think is significant, and and the trust and accountability of that is incredible. Um, 
so Top Gun's a, a major one uh, with a large cast that, that I think all works together. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is a, another thing I have down. Oh yeah, also a good one. Yeah, yeah. I, I was looking through and I thought about that and for some reason I didn't write it down, but that's also, yeah, it is a, a very good one. Um, and that whole ensemble is, is fantastic as well. Uh, Studio 666 is the last time we have is like Foo Fighters together as a band. So I kind of thought... Of, oh yeah, like, I didn't get a chance to see that. I kind of thought about how that was like connective and... Uh, uh, important as like a, a last memory of a group yeah. like as a group signified by like their last thing they ever put out together was this movie about uh the band members right. dying and then the band member dies and i'm like oh well um it's an important footnote in like a history of uh, rock music and uh, uh very uh you know funny too i mean it's not so serious you're not like oh taylor hawkins and it's so sad it's right. it's a funny movie and i like Studio 666 more than most people. Um, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should we move on to youth performance? Yeah, if that's everything that you've got for ensemble. I, I mean, think it's, it's a weak yeah, year. It doesn't seem like, yeah, it is. it does seem like a weak year for it. I mean, I, I, there's there's certainly other things. I mean, I think you did mention briefly Amsterdam earlier. But well, that's the thing. That's like, such a, been... <laughs> the worst movie of the year is an ensemble. So, right, um, right. Yeah, and I, I thought about like the same thing. Like, I mean, in the in the vein of Glass Onion, like see how they run, like oh, that, yeah. that similar like ensemble murder mystery kind of thing. But it's like it's just such a bland movie that did nothing for me. That I'm not thinking about that cast being standout in that yeah, way. Yeah, I, I think like I thought maybe Fablemans could work as like a family unit, but they're also disconnected from like what their performances could be. It's not even close to an ensemble. Yeah. Um, which I thought it would be kind of. Uh, but not really. It definitely opens itself up for that, but yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it quite comes together um, as anything I would feel as as an ensemble movie. Now I think we're moving um, into the one I struggle most with because I don't like child actors and um, <laughs> I, I don't like the idea of it's rewarding them either. <laughs> like I don't want to like spotlight them. <laughs> I don't want to give them pressure to lose a category. You know, I I feel bad. Um, no, that's totally fair. I mean, yeah, it's. It, it, being a, a child actor can be very tough as it is so i think yeah that that added pressure can be a, a difficult thing i just don't want to nominate um, a kid a... that's like 10 years old and then make them lose to you know like someone that's 17 and has like really gone to school for their craft now and i don't know i think it's yeah. kind of fucked up but uh it's a thing we do it, yeah it's a tough one but i mean i like i also understand like wanting to um show that that side of things because it's like obviously if you just start putting everyone together like (laughs) you're right probably a a child is not going to end up in a category next to brad pitt so maybe it's good to separate that to a degree especially if he's a child abuser you want to keep them separate oh well yeah maybe the not the good example there keep them off the plane um so uh speaking of uh, children and inspiring performances (laughs) um i've what do you have here uh let's let's hear what you have first um, I have a few. I mean, I think that um, for me, the the easy like number one is um, Rayanne Sarlacc and Hit the Road, um, which I think is such a, a standout youth performance. He's so fantastic yeah. as that kid who is like kind of the the center of the film and kind of like the beating heart of that movie. Yeah, um, I think that's totally fair. Um, I I had to look up a couple more ages because you know like sometimes they're on like the borders, but. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I had to had to do the same okay, going cool. through. Because uh, <laughs> it's always like they had to be seventeen when it shot, and I had to look through. I think a couple of mine aren't qualified, 
this guy's 32. He wasn't a teenager. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to note what it was <laughs> for my own sake. Uh, uh, not um, dear Evan Hansen, though. Uh, but but one of those situations. <laughs> uh, after Sun, uh, I think is a, a significant one. Oh yeah. She's, uh, I don't know like what age kids are anymore either. Like uh, now that I'm so old, like I go to like a, a college campus and I'm like driving by there, I'm like they all look like high schoolers. So uh, for me, like I <laughs> I visibly like can't tell. I'm sure like once my daughter's a high schooler, I might have like a better range on that yeah. again, but. Anyone under twenty five, I think, looks kind of like a, in the same range. Um, <laughs> but yeah, After Sun was what, like the moving child performance of the year for me, and just um, uh, what's her name? Uh, um, what was her name? Uh, Frankie Coria, I think, is the. Oh yeah, yeah. I've heard a lot of of praise of that performance and once again it's another episode of the show where i haven't oh, i keep forgetting episode. you haven't seen it um, i keep like leading in like you. i, just, I don't know what's wrong okay. with me <laughs> it's like i i just am never like in the right headspace because i know it's going to be a lot and i want to make sure that i give it the uh what it maybe deserves. it's not going to be a lot uh, the way you think it's going to be a lot maybe uh okay. maybe it's a really like beautiful reflection on family that's also a little sad but uh that kind of keeps revealing layers of to you as you go um, okay. Maybe it's not devastating the way you think it might. It might be, even. Yeah, I don't even know fulfilling. exactly what it is. I just like I feel like yeah. I maybe I should just should just uh, put it on at some point and stop overthinking it. Yeah, I don't think it's like um, a. Which is maybe what I'm doing. I don't doing. think it's like a damaging heart kind of. I do think it's like emotionally deep though. Yeah. Um, so you should have like access to a lot of emotions and and want to feel things. I've hit the road next as well, so I think we both agree that. Yeah. Like, if I really separate that, and I'm like, what worked about Hit the Road? It's the child performance and the direction of him. Yeah. Yeah, the only thing that, like, kind of, not really gives me pause even, but just, like, I, I wonder if there's, like, even the reach of that film. Like, if enough people even not only are aware of it, but, like, are, are ending up seeking that one out, um, that it'll end up with uh, with enough buzz around it. But I think, to me, it's the it's the real standout this I year. I think if we both put it at number one, which I think we should make a pact to do, uh, because I think that <laughs> okay. I think that's an effective strategy, right? Like, everyone else will have After Sun. So maybe I put that at, like, two or three. And I, maybe we have to, like, game this system. And then we make, like, a post, like, <laughs> four days before saying, like, here's the inspiring child performance of the year. And we try to trick people into, like, a recency bias. <laughs> and then uh, um, we... Uh, mess with some of the uh voting uh uh stations i don't know if i'm on board with this plan okay. anymore. yeah it's deteriorating um, as, as, it's as like, long uh, as it involves getting people to watch hit the road maybe that's that's fine maybe though. just watch hit the road maybe that's our easiest way it's just a yeah you're instead right. of like uh um in <laughs> instead of blowing up our voting <laughs> process let's just have them watch yeah. hit the road a beautiful movie uh, my next one's Therapy Dogs, which is about high schoolers making a movie, kind of like okay. a documentary, but also uh, fiction. It's like a chronicle of like what a last year in high school would be. Uh, this guy Ethan Eng, it's just him and his friends, and um, I don't think like they're particularly like it's not like acting. It's kind of like what we like in our lowest budget movies, like The Lad Goodbye, and uh, yeah. maybe like the modern okay. stuff. Like it's not. Um, funny that way because they're high schoolers and they don't right. have a sense of humor yet but um that but they're trying <laughs> things like they go for techniques yeah like and, endearing yeah I get and that. they're like punchy <laughs> moments where i'm like man did, th did they really do that or you know 
Not like in like right. a jackass way, but uh, they play around things. Like they have this thing where they're climbing up on the water tower at the end of the year, and then they like stage it like one of the guys falls off the water tower. And for a moment, I'm watching oh, it okay. like it's yeah, a documentary. Yeah. And I'm like, shit, that person's <laughs> dead. And then I'm like, oh yeah, but obviously, you know, it's filmmaking. Like it's yeah. You can get sure. so drawn into these kids not having access to resources that you're like, you start believing yeah, what's on the true. screen. And I think it's so effective that way. Um, it's good. Yeah, I like a, I like the um, anarchy of it. I like that it's uh, high schoolers just pushing against like that, that very last moment of like the childhood freedom that you had yeah. uh, before you're an adult. And this would be really ridiculous to be anarchist that way. Um, right man i don't know i think it's really cool and i think it's so singular i don't think there's another movie like therapy dogs the last i've ever seen <laughs> so uh, it's kind of like eighth okay. grade but if it was made by uh high schoolers so that's kind of cool oh yeah. that's great yeah i i guess i need to to make sure i seek that one out and, and try and catch it soon i mean nobody will vote um, for it but i just think it's it's so singular that i yeah i mean even just as a as a worthwhile watch on its own yeah. i think Sounds very interesting. Love that um, movie. Um, uh, what else? Uh, uh, the baby in the box is a broker. Do you think uh, we could put them in there? <laughs> um, I don't. I mean, there is also a kid in yeah, Broker um, who I think is pretty great. Um, I, yeah, I didn't think about that one. Um, he he is good, <laughs> but I don't okay. think it's like it's not quite a like yeah, it's not quite a central standout performance. Like hmm. he is good in that role, but I, it's not like the one that that stands out to me as extremely like impactful this year i don't think like the later stages of fablemans but what about that kid at the beginning like he has like really beautiful eyes for like a camera like he has just like like yeah he, he is has, like great. a presence yeah. that i think is the best in that movie um he i mean that kid to me like represents what i want that movie yeah. to be which is just like the <laughs> like kind of finding the magic in in cinema and and finding things and then trying to build things out of that and and just the the inventiveness and imagination of creativity and like then it just turns into a completely different movie that i'm not interested in like we sat down to watch it and i'm like so it's going to be cinema paradiso right like i imagine the whole movie <laughs> yeah. to be mostly this kid and then like the last 10 minutes it'll cut to like adult spielberg so i'm like sitting there just expecting um kind of like the same plot line as like one of my favorite movies here and then it right. it just diverges so immediately from that and uh yeah it doesn't spend a lot of time there it's a bummer it's sad because i think he is the the best performer and like the most like uh amblin like like you kind of believe in like the magic of like yeah, spielberg yeah. in like the 80s and like as the movie progresses Definitely. it kind of progresses through what spielberg's learned and as a filmmaker it kind of like evolves as as his stages of life would um but <laughs> i just like the the beginning uh, i wish that were the whole movie because i would have given it like an eight or a nine and I would have been in love with it. Yeah, me too. I, uh, that that movie is maybe my bummer of the year. Another award we could introduce. Yeah. I think so. I think so too. I, I think I would totally agree with that. Like just wanting to get so much out of just Spielberg in general because he is just one of the the great modern directors, but also just like it seems like everything that I should like in a movie and it seems yeah. like that that thing that's being a love letter to cinema and and him kind of reflecting on his career and what inspired him, but then it just ends up as, like, this very self-aggrandizing, like, portrait of himself where he makes himself into a hero, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, okay, I don't really want this. <sighs> yeah, I mean, you expect something different, and, uh, I, I mean, maybe it's not true, but I just want 
uh, what's his name, Enzo or whoever from Cinema Paradiso, like running up and like uh, uh, going to this like old master of cinema and just you know, that doesn't really happen yeah. until we get to John Ford right at the end. And, right. And that's why I want the whole movie to be. But I mean you. I mean, base things on your life, but but maybe lie a bit more. Um. <laughs> I mean, I I agree. It's it's one thing to make the the story of your own life, but you know, it's if you're going to be doing it, you might as well embellish and make it fantastical and do a little more with it. <laughs> I mean, the other thing John Ford said was print the legend, right? Like, I mean, uh, uh, yeah. you don't have to tell the truth. That's one of the things about being a filmmaker. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it's already divorced enough from actual reality. It's not like it's, you know, called the Spielbergs. <laughs> yeah, right. So why not, you know, why not have more fun with it? It doesn't need to be direct, but oh well. Why not more illusion? And uh, uh, speaking of divorce, it's a real divorce movie. Uh, it really is, yeah. Um, it's fine. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it is what was fine. the other one we talked about? It's um, kind of that thing where it's like Sam now. It's like, uh, good for you that you made this, yeah. you know? Uh, maybe right. I don't want to be close to it, but I'm glad you made it for you, and you you gotta do this passion project. That uh, uh, maybe it's also like a Stephen King thing, like a kill your darlings, stop making movies that you think you should make. Um, right. Yeah. No, that's very true. Um, it's good though. I, I like the yeah, child. But... Uh, I think we're getting away from like the child is good. <laughs> we kind of were. Yeah. We're, yeah, um... yeah. You're a very good child actor, but your movie really is shit. So. <laughs> so... It's unfortunate. Yeah. Not the kid's fault. No, not, it's never the kid's fault. <laughs> um, the kid stays in the picture. Uh. So I do have a, I have a couple more here. Um, another one that I has really kind of stood out this year. Um, I'm, apologies in advance because this is a, a name I will probably butcher, but um, Malia Emma Chandra... Chandruvijaja, Yaya. I don't know. I'm, I'm certainly mispronouncing that. But After Yang is is the film that she's in. The the girl from After Yang, and she is she's just great. I really, I mean, I think that's a really beautiful movie, and I think she does a an exceptional job in that. I have that a couple spots up, but I didn't bring it up, so I wouldn't pronounce her name. Because <laughs> so, uh, I have it written. <laughs> I know. Down. I always feel so bad. Um. Uh, uh. But that's no shame on her. She does a, such a fantastic job there. Uh, another highlight of that movie which uh, i'm thinking i should reconsider because it comes up a lot in this show um, yeah and i like i just thinking about it now like actually kind of going back through the film in my head and like her performance like it is like so impactful and emotional yeah. and i think there's a complexity there of like how she gets across like the grief of not like the first the potential of and then like kind of the the loss of this um this brother that she had um and so just yeah, it's, it's quite a quite an impactful emotional movie. I think she's a she's a big part of that. Really good performance yeah, there. I I, um, I love it for her. Um, I think we actually did pretty good. Uh, uh, do you have you have one more youth performance? I do have one more, and I actually there's a possibility that this isn't eligible. I would actually okay. need to check. I didn't check on this one. Um, but Vanessa Burkhart from Cha Cha Real Smooth is also fantastic. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and uh, I think she probably fits into that. I'm as sure well. she qualifies, but yeah, I always got to look at. At the age when they filmed, that's the most important right. thing. Like, it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. what they are now, right? So, I'm guessing yes. Uh, I, I'm I'm guessing yes as well. I think I think so. But yeah, that's a another really good performance that I think is also like very key to that film. Yeah, for sure. Um, um uh, yeah, a category I never feel good about because, like I say, I just don't like pitting. I don't like to make them compete. Um, uh, I I feel yeah, very totally. dirty, but when I have to do that, I don't I don't like it. Um, 
I don't even like children in movies, really, so um, <laughs> I'd prefer they weren't, I guess. Or I, I'd prefer not to put my child through it, so I don't, I don't know. Uh, every parent gets to make their own moral judgment, right? Like, uh, yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't put my kid in a movie. Um, yeah. So I, I always feel very questionable about it. Um, maybe they won't act, or maybe they'll go on and have a great career. I don't know. Right. Uh, I don't want to be a part of them not doing it, though. Uh, that's the main thing. Yeah, that's, that's totally fair. Yeah. I consider that a lot like writing um, reviews. Like, uh, People are like, oh, I thought you hated child performance. You didn't mention it here. It's like, I don't want to write negatively about children. <laughs> I, I'm not in it yeah. to, to ruin <laughs> exactly. their lives. No, I totally... Um, yeah. Right. So I, I have a complicated relationship with it. I, I, I don't like the category, but it, it's just a me thing. Yeah. No, I think those those are all totally, totally valid reasons. Um, but I think there's yeah there's a there's a good selection this year. I think we've got some some good stuff. Yeah. I mean, in in the interest of just like, kind of, at least here, what we can do is just kind of um, elevate all of them. They're all fantastic. They all very much are key parts of those movies. Everyone that we have mentioned. I love uh, uh, not to make any of them compete here. <laughs> I love therapy dogs. I think. Maybe the the most year, although I'll list it second for our hit the run um, uh, screw job we're doing on the uh, campaign. Um, <laughs> but um, Therapy Dogs is made by children. I mean, it's directed by children. I think that's uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe that exemplifies something of youth. Um, uh, I guess Sam now also they were kids when a lot of it was shot. That that makes it complicated though. We're not going to go there. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, villains uh, from from children to villains. Uh, children to villains yes it's a bit of a jarring switch there um but villain of the year this is a fun category and i wish i had i don't have a whole lot written down for it unfortunately i mean there's there's lots to go through but um i will say before we go to it um last year we gave it to benedict cumberbatch um as phil burbank in power of the dog which is a great fantastic choice that was the best choice of the year i mean there wasn't a better option i don't think um off the top of my head, I agree. I'll make it less jarring. My first pick is Lena Dunham for making two movies this year. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if anyone else is going to vote for that, but that's fair, I guess. <laughs> they all put like a, a laughing emoji when I suggest it. So I don't know if they're like laughing at me for suggesting it or if they think it's funny. I, I don't think it's funny. <laughs> I mean, I think it's. Um, I, I'm okay. very serious about uh, uh, Lena Dunham not making two movies a year, but. Um, Maybe other people. Uh, maybe if she made one, I, I wouldn't have nominated her. But, um, <laughs> Sharp Sticks, maybe the worst movie of the year. Uh, I, I feel bad because like there's, you're like there's like abusers that made movies this year, and I guess Lena Dunham did that yeah. thing in that book. But I mean that was so long ago. I don't, I don't have like a moral quandary about like her making movies still the way I do like David or Russell, right? Yeah. Like a. Right. I don't think she's abusing her actors on the set. I think that's an important difference. Um, I just think she's a bad filmmaker, which isn't, you know, it's not <laughs> a terrible thing to be. Lena Dunham, maybe not a villain, but you are in my book. Yeah, maybe not so villainous, but just making things that are very anti-Calvin. Yeah, so uh, uh, maybe you're beloved. Um, congrats on your career and your parents. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> She's doing something right. She's making movies continuously. So. Congrats on the parents you have. <laughs> I'm not a fan of you. <laughs> uh, uh, moving on to actual villains. Um, you have like a you have a big one you want to present or. Uh... Um, I mean, I have I have like two okay. that I really. I mean, I can obviously go through and there's there's lots more, but like my two standouts this year, I think, 
Um, I think probably number one for me, my favorite would be Jean Jacket okay. from Nope, um, who I just think is is such a fantastic like. It, there's because he it, it does have so much character. Yeah. It's such a cool like design and villain and the the way that it's constructed and the way that it works with the rest of the movie and everything around it like it's so specific it's not just like oh look at this creepy alien like there's like rules to to jean jacket and it's just like the design of all of it is so cool and unique um just such a standout for this year the way they do like the green um, aliens is like the the like prank in the barn before. yeah the, the fake yeah. out oh it's so and great the, they use like the traditional look of like what we think aliens are and then jean jackets exactly so otherworldly and different um i can't imagine disliking this movie just on the merit of jean jacket being such a cool horror invention um yeah it's such a such a cool central it's thing. awesome yeah. Um, yeah the 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 fake out with the the little aliens is like probably my theater experience of the year just like the, the theater was packed and the audience was like so into that moment and so freaked out by that and that uh, that reveal of the fake out was just so fantastic it's amazing yeah. <laughs> so great yeah i love nope uh nope's a great movie um it's a great movie do we have the same uh, second or third one together too i have Corey from halloween kills oh that's a great okay. one yeah that's a really good one to add i didn't have that but that's um i don't know why i didn't well, think because of that. it's no, like michael myers be... on the face of it and you know you might overlook it but i think Corey's really the villain there no i think i think absolutely um yeah i would totally add that one to my list that's a really great pick um no, my number two would be um, Mia Goth as Pearl. Oh yeah, um, shit. Why is that probably, not on my list? Probably. Sp- <laughs> <laughs> fuck. I think specifically in Pearl because I think that performance is just like so exceptional. But you know, you can count it in X as well, I suppose. I think we should vote in Pearl, um, though. Uh, I mean, that's what I would vote in, like her villa villainous. Yeah, I. Th- yeah, I think. I mean, I think both of these, Jean Jacket and Pearl, are kind of the front runners yeah. as it is. How did I not um, think of Pearl? Think, Goddamn. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think that that performance as Pearl really just sells it so well. Um, the unfortunate drawback of the dialogue-free Jean Jacket. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Jean Jacket never said it wants to be a star, so uh, that's true. <laughs> if it had uh, more character to it, um, I'm so bad at the villain categories as well. Uh, I have. Uh, uh, fire of love volcanoes is my next one I'm, I'm not very good at this category uh, uh, i'd say volcanoes are the most destructive force in fire of love and uh, maybe the most disruptive force of a movie this year uh, um, i mean the only one that actually cost real lives uh, so i think it's a very that's true one. although I, would you think that um maurice and katya would consider them villains that's the question there, isn't we'll it? see. They're not here anymore because of volcanoes, so they can't tell us. It... I, th- I mean, you're right. That's true. It's tough. It's a complex one. Yeah. I, I don't know. You're making people think with your volcanoes pick. Are we the villains? As, like, the film watcher? Do you think, like, our consumption of films... Maybe I'm... The... Maybe it's me, like uh, Taylor Swift says. I'm the monster on the it's, hill. It's like the... God, it's like the end of. Um, did you watch that Netflix series? Don't fuck with cats. No, I can't. I don't know if it's I like can handle it. The end of that. that. I, uh, and you I shouldn't. It's it's awful. I really hate that series. Um, but that's like the the worst part of it is like at the end of the movie or the end of the series. One of the um, one of the people, like the talking head people, 
starts talking about like oh are you complicit in this whole thing by watching it and i'm like you made it you're part of this project you're showing it to me i it's not my fault for watching it it's your fault for making Witch it talking head like these it, people uh, that have Byrne? <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah i not to get into a whole conversation about that series but yeah that's like it one looks of those so things. horrible um, i i'm really uh, averse to like the whole netflix serial killer thing anyway i just Oh, me too. That was, like, the one that really just, like, I was like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. This, what am I doing? And I just don't like the hole that it goes down where people are like, oh, you don't want to watch it because it's so tough and gritty and, like, oh, this is such an edgy thing I'm watching. No. It's not that. It's the manipulation, the present, the presentation of these people as entertaining, yeah. like, a, uh, forces and how they manipulate the footage and how Netflix treats it as, like, a an interesting true crime story that's, like, a really something merit i i just don't I, I feel like it's all pretty icky and, and not worth investing in. it's terrible uh don't watch netflix true crime watch something in the dirt instead yeah um <laughs> yeah watch that um is there something in something in the dirt there's something, <laughs> something. you'll never know what it is <laughs> is it in the dirt um, um who knows okay. that's the question <laughs> um do you um, want to say something about it I did say something about it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think you did a couple hours on it. So, uh, yeah, Stephen and I talked about something in the dirt on uh, this upcoming episode of Spoiling Things. Um, so check that out on Friday when that releases. Um, my next villain. <laughs> <laughs> what do you What do you got? <laughs> um, glass onion in real life. Elon Musk. I mean, yeah, that's that's also a very that's a very fair pick. It's a, yeah, Glass Onion is not um, not very coy about that one. It's pretty direct yeah. about what it's who it's who it's about. Uh, no, I think that's that's certainly a good pick. Is it incredible timing, or no matter what Elon Musk did, would it have been incredible timing? Um, uh, what? I think it. I think it really has to be incredible timing because okay. I don't know. I mean, who knows when exactly he wrote that, and then they must have shot that probably mostly last year, yeah. um, and so like to then to it be releasing like in the direct <laughs> middle of like the peak of just Elon's shit show. It's just like well, it's it's pretty wild to be the first major movie to release once Elon Musk has bought the largest social network in the world. It's kind of a yeah. Uh, you're going to have that platform be your like means of discussion and it's owned by the guy you're talking about it's very funny because like a uh, ryan johnson's a very twitter director too um oh yeah yeah i mean he's very active on there too uh i mean he's a big part of yeah, hollywood yeah absolutely twitter. Uh, he's connected to all the big people on twitter that are in hollywood uh he talks to them on there um so i don't know uh yeah maybe he saw something coming but i don't know how you could have that much of a crystal ball it's a yeah that would be pretty amazing um considering the whole like twitter acquisition was such like on a weird whim thing and just like kind of happened like i don't even know if that was even an idea out there when when he started writing and filming this movie so i don't know like where to acknowledge that but i feel like this is a place for me to say like that's incredible that that happened um, it is yeah no i think you're absolutely and right. he's a true villain like he acts like such a villainous james bond guy maybe i need to move this up the category because elon musk has the <laughs> most yeah outside volcanoes he's probably the most damaging thing on this list I, you know what you're absolutely not maybe wrong. worse yeah than no, i mean i think I think worse than volcanoes. 
Um, but yeah, like even if you go into the the movie itself more, like Edward Norton's performance yes. as that character is so perfect. I love him. It's so fantastic. Yeah, and it was fun like watching. Um, I saw I've seen it twice okay. now, and like watching the film again with like that idea in my head of like this is exactly what this is doing, and like I know exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like looking through for it throughout and being like everything this guy's saying is just such bullshit. <laughs> I feel like Knives Out improves so much when I rewatched it, so I'm wondering if Knives Out Two will also be the same way where i once i know the nuances and i'm like watching for them i think i got so much more watching it t- three times with the group afterwards last time so yeah i i think knives out does improve more on a rewatch mm. than glass onion does um i think mostly it kind of stayed the same for okay. me glass onion um i mean there's still certainly things there of like being able to kind of have a better context for everything happening and so some stuff did get more interesting but then like the the problems that I do have with it show show through a little bit more clearly when you watch it again. So kind of goes goes both ways there. Um, do you have more villains? Not on my list, at least. Um, I think I probably need to really like dig through and, and see what I might be missing. Um, I did see I have seen some people um, suggesting um, Jobu Tabaki from Everything Everywhere, which is a, a good pick as yeah. well. Um, but not quite the same as like a, a, a straight laced villain. And not quite as powerful as Edward Norton. I, I was worried about Edward Norton for a while too. I wondered if he is good to come back, and maybe I feel good about that too. He went and directed that one movie about him playing a guy with Tourette's. I was like, is he done? Oh yeah. I thought maybe he was done. Yeah, with that movies was a for thing. a while, but I'm glad he's right back <laughs> in it. Um, what else? Uh, Can we nominate like the? collective of kaiju from shin ultraman or something like yeah, that i don't uh, know what we can do with that but uh, <laughs> it seems like shin ultraman should be on they're there kind of well. unspecific aren't they but um yeah. maybe latita wright from black panther for like the anti-vax stance i think she's <laughs> yeah also a good pick <laughs> i think we're picking a lot of things that are not um not really villains. not really constructed maybe jamie clayton's hellraiser or pinhead yeah that was a really cool um, um pinhead yeah. was the thing right like great design um, yeah, like I don't love that movie, but I think um, her performance as Pinhead is so phenomenal. I really like her interpretation of that character and the, the whole design of it. So that would be good to write in. Um, I think that's good for me. Uh, I'm more convinced that uh, people outside the movies are the true villains, and uh, um, I think much you're like right. I would uh, agree with that. <laughs> Taylor Swift suggested maybe we're the villains, maybe we're the antiheroes, uh, and you're all. Uh, uh, sexy babies on the watching, listening to our podcast, <laughs> and we're just that's what we're gonna leave you monsters broadcasting from the hill. <laughs> oh man, um, <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. I guess we are all. That's what we're gonna leave you with this week on on the show is that we're all sexy babies, maybe. Um, oh no, <laughs> Tina Fey also a villain <laughs> um, and a racist. So thanks, Tina Fey. Yeah. That's that's also true. So yeah, there you go. Villains of the year are all people in real life that are <laughs> causing real damage. Uh, it fucking <laughs> sucks, but it's probably true. It does fucking suck. Yeah, yeah. Um, it does feel like that though. That this is not like a year for cinematic villains as much as it is just things that are very real. <laughs> like I did, which is unfortunate. I started with like the very typical thing. I'm like, oh, it's like the Rogues Gallery from Batman. They're like, they're typical villains. They're cl-. it's like I I don't really feel that though. Um, I, I don't yeah. have feeling behind it, so I can't put it down. Um, 
Yeah. Do you have anything else for this week? What do you do? You have anything you're uh, you're, you're catching this week for for what we'll be able to talk about next? Unclear. Week? Like when our avatar invites come and when that will happen. Uh, yeah. Who knows? It'll probably be this week or next week if we're getting them. I imagine. Um, uh, I want to see white noise. Uh, I'm hoping to do white noise. Maybe no bear. Um, shoot, I don't know what else. Uh, there's a that one documentary, uh, All That Breathes, or um, the one we were going. Oh yeah, yeah, hoping as well. I don't know. What are you watching? Oh, what was it? Um, I don't know. Also hoping to get to White Noise. Um, Bardo as well is one that I'm looking forward to. We do have our Babylon screening this oh, yeah. week, so that'll be fun to finally to see that, and we'll figure out see how that one actually goes. Never mind. Babylon um, is the main one. thing for this week. Um, but it is yes, it, yeah, definitely the main thing this week. So then, just kind of through that, whatever else I can end up catching and getting to. Yeah, and uh, um, Damien Chazelle will be in attendance there, uh, probably sitting somewhere in our section. That will be nice. Uh, energy for that yeah, screening should be <laughs> should be very interesting yeah. uh, looking forward to that thank you so much man yeah thank you calvin i'll see you next week